Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Marowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Marowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Marowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at marowest.com. And service? Marowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Marowest's values just go together. Consider Marowest today. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, eating, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. I'm your host, Ed Kratz, with SI.com's Eagle Maven. And I am uh, joined today. It's my pleasure to be joined today by the publisher of All Dolphins with Sports Illustrated and the editor of Dolphins Digest and one of the best beat writers in South Florida, if not the best, Alan Pupar. Alan, welcome. uh, Welcome here to the show. Ed, how are you, my friend? Uh, uh, Doing great. Probably not as good as you. You can see Alan's a uh, from Montreal, and you can see he's repping the vintage Montreal Expos hat. Hopefully, most of you know who the Expos were that are out there. Uh, we could talk for a while in the Expos. I really liked a lot of those players on the Expos teams in the 70s and the 80s. Um, probably miss them, right, Alan? I mean, you probably don't follow the Washington Nationals, who they eventually became, right? No, no, no. A lot of bitterness here, and as much success as the Montreal Canadiens are having – with their, their run to the Stanley Cup final, I, I, don't, I don't think anything would make me happier than the return of, of that hat in the Montreal Expos, if it's ever going to happen, and if they provide them with the funds to actually be able to compete, which was yeah. not the case in their last days in Montreal. Yeah, I, I had been to their old ballpark back on a family vacation to Montreal when I was in maybe eighth or ninth, ninth grade, the Jarry Park, I think it was. Is that right? That's correct. Um, yeah, it, it was a very antiquated park, but I love those old-time uh, baseball parks a lot of atmosphere too like really small i think the capacity was like thirty-four thousand. the only thing that was really bad about that about that ballpark is if you were sitting on the first fence first base side the sun would come down and and like it was a nightmare for first baseman around around the make the, the national league i should say and then if you were if you were a fan it was like it was really bad but the, yeah. the, it was a really fun part that's why dennis martinez was so good because he never let anybody really hit the ball uh, very much off of him. He was one of the great pitchers um, for the Expos back then, I think, right? Dennis Martinez? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember if he – I'm not sure if by the time he joined the Expos, they hadn't already moved to Olympic Stadium, though. Steve Rogers uh, was the guy. Steve Rogers, he was right. the main guy in their heyday um, back in the 70s. They moved in 77, I want to say, was their first year at the Big O. Yeah, okay, that's right, the Olympic Park. So I must have been there in 76. I was 
I don't want to date myself. I was a young teenager back then, and we went on a family vacation. But anyway, listen, we could talk about the Expos and the Canadians. Great run by the Habs, by the way. Um, we'll see who they play. Game seven uh, still has not been played. We're talking here Friday afternoon. Um, we'll see who the Habs match up in the Cup Finals. But we're here to talk football. Obviously, the Dolphins and the Eagles, they have some recent history. And um, the Eagles have on their roster right now a running back, Jordan Howard, who was with the Eagles in, what was it, I guess, 2019. And then he left, joined the Dolphins with a big contract. He didn't play a whole lot. Um, and, and there's a lot of running back competition with the Eagles uh, this training camp that's to be expected. I think they have eight running backs vying for at least three spots, maybe four. And Jordan Howard's one of those guys that really has to do well. But he went to Miami and didn't really uh, find a, a role a role really waiting for him. Did he, Helene? What happened down there, Alan, with, uh, with Jordan Howard? Here's a weird thing, too, is they signed him uh, in free agency, and you figured he's going to be their short yardage guy, may not be the starter, but at the very least, he's going to be the short yardage goal line guy because he's a bit of a physical runner. Then in the draft, they have five picks in the first two rounds. There are six running backs who are considered like high quality guys, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, uh, CEH from LSU, uh, Dylan from Boston College, and uh, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. And everybody were thinking – even though they signed Jordan Howard as a complimentary guy, then logically they're going to draft a running back. No, they don't draft a running back. What they do is they wind up trading a fifth round pick during the draft to San Francisco for Matt Breida, who is a speed guy, but not a starter. Okay. So in that case, Jordan Howard's just going to be the starter. And so it plays out that Jordan Howard starts the opener and his, his carries that first game in the opener at New England are like zero yards, one yard, minus two yards. His totals were like a seven carries for four yards or something to that effect. And halfway through the game, they fell behind. They went more, more to a passing game. So they put Miles Gaskin, who had been a 2019 seventh round pick into the lineup and have a lot more success with him. And lo and behold, Miles Gaskin all of a sudden becomes a starter and Jordan Howard is an absolute afterthought. Gets very few carries. All of a sudden he's a healthy scratch week after week. And then at that point, it's like, can you trade him? No, you can't trade him. He's got no trade value. And then, okay, but here's a guy who's a healthy scratch every and an active every game. So what do you do with him? And eventually it was basically a mercy release and they wound up letting him go. And the guy was actually pretty good with the Eagles in his first end. He was very productive with the bears before he joined the Eagles. So he didn't suddenly forget how to play football. He didn't have a major injury that we know of that would have caused such a downfall. So what happened? Was he a bad fit for the scheme the Dolphins were running? Well, if he was, why wouldn't they have thought of that before they signed him? Um, did they think he was going to be a good fit? Turns out that he wasn't. I'm guessing that's what happened because he just, no matter what he tried, and they, and they gave him a couple more shots. Um, after that first game, there was a game I think Askin was either, either on the COVID list or he had an injury, one of the two, where Howard again got a shot and absolutely nothing doing. And it was like, okay, well, this is not working out. That they need, they need to move him, uh, and they let him go. And it's, that's kind of a baffling one. And the Dolphins wound up signing a ton of free agents last off season, and a lot of them have moved on by now. I mean, I think half of them are already gone. But Howard was clearly the one that was by far the biggest bust. Yeah, uh, it's, there seems to be a lot of question here in Philadelphia as to whether or not he has, you know, anything left, which is kind of bizarre. You know, he's 27 years old, I believe. I mean, he's still a young uh, kid, basically, who doesn't have a lot of carries where he's beat up these last couple of years. 
Uh, and he's a productive guy. He's got 30-plus touchdowns in his career, led the Eagles in 2019 with seven touchdowns, six on the ground. And, you know, he did miss the final, uh, I think, six or seven games with a shoulder injury. So he's had a lot of production in just the 10 or 11 games that he played that year. Um, but I'll ask you this, and in your short time seeing him, do you think he has anything left to give to a team? Yeah, I didn't see anything that jumped out at me as saying, man, why did they sign this guy? He's horrible. Um, I mean, there are a couple of plays that were really bizarre. For example, it's third and one, and they throw a pitch outside to him. Well, that's not his game. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jordan Howard needs to go between the tackles. Um, So the way they used him was kind of weird. I I will tell you this. When I watched uh, the the training camp practices that were open to the media last year, to me, by far, the one who looked the most impressive was Miles Gaskins, who's a nice back. But he's a two, he's a seventh round pick, and no offense to Miles Gaskin, but he was a seventh round pick for a reason. Um, like he's a nice back, but there's nothing special about him. And, but again, he clearly was better than either Howard or Brita in that in that training camp. So I was like, okay, um, like Howard looked kind of just like a guy uh, to say he's completely washed up and he can't have a resurgence with the Eagles in a second stint. There, I wouldn't. I don't know if I go that far to say that, but. Uh, he didn't show anything special either during his time with the Dolphins. Yeah. Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, they have a lot of, they have a log jam at running back and you got to think that, you know, obviously Miles Sanders is going to get one of those spots. They just drafted a kid in the fifth round uh, from Memphis, Kenny Gainwell. Mm-hmm. So there's two spots. And then Boston Scott's an experienced uh, runner catcher out of the backfield. If they keep four, it's really Jordan Howard, I think, and carry on Johnson, who again has sort of a dolphin connection because Miami put a bid in for him when the Lions uh, cut him and the Eagles won the waiver uh, claim. But I, I guess the Dolphins saw something they liked in carry on and they're continuing to search for somebody to compliment Miles Gaskins, I guess. Right. Maybe carry on could have been that guy. Oh, no question. And again, the Dolphins were in the same boat this year where they had three picks in the first two rounds and there were three running backs who clearly stood out with Najee Harris, Travis Etienne and uh, Javante Williams. North you, Carolina. Javante Williams. Thank yeah. you. And again, they, they bypassed all those positions, wound up taking Waddle in round one, Jalen Phillips with their second pick in round one. And then I'm sorry, they had two picks in, in round two with uh, Javon Holland and Liam, Liam Eikenberg. So and the Dolphins, of course, if you ask him, well, does, are you disappointed you didn't get many of the running backs? What are they going to say? Obviously, they're going to say, no, we feel confident in the group we have. Well, the fact that they put in a waiver claim for on Johnson tells you that, no, if they were 100% satisfied with what they have, they wouldn't be putting in a waiver claim. And on Johnson's a former second-round pick who's had some moments. In fact, been, I believe his best NFL game came against the Dolphins in 2018 when he completely tore him up uh, in a game that, swung the Dolphins season the wrong way so no there is definitely something there with Kerryon Johnson and based on what I know of him and what I saw of Jordan Howard last year I, I, I wouldn't think Howard's chances of making the roster are very good um, oh by the way Jay Ajayi is no longer on the Eagles roster another former Dolphin uh, I would say no I don't it's been a few years I think Jay Ajayi is out of the league completely yeah. uh, probably back in London you know where he uh, spent a lot of his childhood, still had that English accent. It was kind of cool to talk to him, uh, you know, in the locker room. You don't hear a lot of NFL players with that tally-ho uh, English accent. Um, but here's the thing, though. Did you ever have one of his teammates tell you, oh, he just brings that out whenever he wants to? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have one of his teammates tell you that? Because they told us that in Miami. 
Yeah, well, it was still pretty cool, whether it was embellished or not. You know, it was like, wow, man, it's pretty cool. You know, it dredges up memories of Big Ben. I mean, I've been to London and, you know, it's a pretty cool city. But, uh, yeah, no, J.H.I.E. is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. He did have his moment here in Philly, though. He helped them win a Super Bowl in 2017. You know, he's a big piece uh, to to that uh, title-winning Super Bowl. And that's another connection to the Dolphins. I mean, it, um, really, it's it's pretty interesting. And then, of course, they had the big pre-draft trade. Uh, Chris Greer and uh, Eagles GM Howie Roseman swung that deal to switch places in the first round. And um, that's what landed Jalen Waddle in Miami. And the Eagles eventually traded up and got Waddle's teammate, Devontae Smith, at number 10. But there's a history here. And that leads me into my next question, Alan. And that's about Xavier Howard. Uh, let's talk about him a little bit. He's uh, very disgruntled down there, right, in Miami. A heck of a talent. Ten interceptions last year. Amazing. Uh, he always seems to be around the ball. I think he's got how many now? He, uh, 22 of them, I think, in the last four years. Sounds about right. 22 or 20. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, just amazing, amazing production. Um, first of all, why is he disgruntled? Why don't we start there? Okay, before I answer that, can I backtrack a second? Because you mentioned that the, the Dolphin Eagle trades, and my mind went to 2016, not, I, I, yes. not even the one yes. this year, yes. when the Dolphins moved from, from, uh, from uh, 8th to 13th. I think it was – yeah, Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell. Right. They moved down those five spots, and they wound up with Laramie Tunsil, and that Laramie Tunsil tree wound up paying, paying off big time for the Dolphins with all they got from Houston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Eagles – on that, you know, to follow up on that, they use that as a springboard to make another deal uh, to move up with uh, Cleveland at number two to take Carson Wentz uh, out of North Dakota State. And we all know the history of what happened with Carson Wentz now on his second team with the Colts. But, yeah, so you're right. There's just a, even more history uh, with Miami. And it, it's interesting because Xavier Howard can really help this Eagles team. But um, he didn't go to training camp or um, not training camp, but the OTAs, right? He held out from the mini camp portion yeah. of, of spring. Um, yeah, so why is he so unhappy? What, what, what's okay, going so on? Well, like, like, <laughs> uh, like everybody else, here's the thing is uh, Zavian Howard was a second round pick in that 2016 draft. The draft after the, the run after the Dolphins got Tunsil, they picked Zavian Howard out of Baylor. 2017 has a very has a big year. No, 18, sorry, 2018 has a big year, makes the Pro Bowl. So now he's headed into his contract year in May 2019. The Dolphins signed him to a five-year contract extension through the 2024 season. Uh, the amount escapes me right now. I want to say maybe 75 million over five years, something to that effect. I'm not the yeah. numbers. That, that's right. 75.25 million is what I saw on uh, overthecap.com. So yeah, you're right, right there. In okay. The and then what happens then last off season, the Dolphins go out and they sign Byron Jones and they gave him five years for 82.5 million, which happens to be more than they gave Xavier Howard. Now Howard comes back in 2019. He played four or five games at one pick and had knee surgery comes back in 2020, completely balls out, 10 picks, third in the NFL Defensive Player of the Year voting. And then after the season, he changes agents, which pretty much means I want a new contract. Mm. Well, the Dolphins, not surprisingly, are not necessarily thrilled with the idea of redoing somebody's contract two years after they gave him an extension and with four years left on the deal. 
And then he didn't show up to the voluntary portion of the off-season program, which nobody expected. And then he didn't show up for the mandatory minicamp. And Brian Flores was asked point blank if there was a reason. And Brian Flores said it's it's, it's no big secret. It's, it's, it's a contract situation. Mm. So, so now the question becomes how entrenched in his position Howard and his new agent, David Cantor, is. And then, because now once training camp starts, he can get fined every day he's not there and that, that those can pile up. And then the Dolphins now are faced with the situation is do they give in and give him a new contract, which could set a bad precedent with, with other players who might outperform extensions early in the deal. Um, does Howard give in finally and come in without a new deal? And if he does come in without a new deal, what kind of, frame of mind is he going to be in do you really want to have an unhappy player on your hands and mm -hmm. mind you the Dolphins have some recent history with that because it was just two years ago they had an unhappy player of very very high pedigree in Minka Fitzpatrick and the way that was resolved is basically Minka wanted to get traded and basically they traded him mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh for a turn for a first round pick who turned into Austin Jackson and right now that looks like a ask the Steelers how we feel about that trade I mean yeah. So yeah. now the, the Dolphins are faced with like kind of a dilemma on their hands and how the situation is going to play out. Obviously, it's going to be the big story in I, Miami uh, this summer. Yeah, I, I love how the Dolphins invest in the in the backfield, the defensive backfield, I should say. You know, Javon Holland, you mentioned he's the safety, I think, out of Oregon, right? They took in the second round. I love that kid. Um, you know, you, they didn't get a running back, yes, but I like the four guys that Miami took in their first two rounds. Um, including that Holland kid, but boy, they really do invest the resources there in that defensive backfield, don't they? I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, I forgot about him, um, you know, and Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Uh, then you can, you know, look at the Eagles and, you know, yeah, they traded for Darius Slay, but they don't seem to put as much resources into that secondary mm -hmm. as the Dolphins do. And I think it shows. And um, the Eagles really need a number two after Darius Slay and even Slay, I mean, he hasn't played up to what he was early in his career, these past two seasons, um, making a big salary plus side of 30 years old. Now I know uh, Howard, I think turns 28 on the 4th of July. Um, the, I wonder if he, if the Eagles were to kind of make an offer, if he would come to Philadelphia without getting a new contract or is he, do you think he's kind of locked in dead set on getting a new deal, whether it's in Miami uh, or wherever else he may end up. That's a good question. Whether is his source of frustration is clearly with what the Dolphins did in giving Jones a better contract than him, or whether it's all about I'm better than Byron Jones. I need to be paid more. If I if I had to guess, and his agent, by the way, is is, is not has not wanted to talk about his the the situation, which is perfectly understandable. If I had to guess, though, I would think Howard would want a new contract. I don't think. Uh, he's necessarily happy with having to pass because it's not just Jones who passed him. Uh, I believe Slay passed him among others. And, mm. and Howard sees himself as uh, somebody who's better than that. And here's the thing too, as you mentioned, the players of Dolphins went out and got for that secondary. Another one is Noek Benogany, mm. who they took with their third of three first round picks last year. And I, one, one can't help but think that they took him a, because they might have foreseen that there could be some issue with Howard and his contract because this was a few months after they had signed Jones. And B, also, here's the other thing about 
Howard that needs to be pointed out is this is a guy who's had three knee operations. Um, mm. And that's a little bit problematic for somebody who wants the kind of money he wants. And that's where if there's a breaking point for him is maybe at some point there's going to be a flash, a flash or something. They're going to realize that, you know what, maybe, maybe we're not going to get what we want from any team that maybe we're just better off sticking it here. So who, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And having an unhappy player, which that's what Philadelphia didn't want with Carson Wentz. And one reason I think he's out of town. They, I mean, they didn't have to trade him, but they did have to trade him because he would have been very unhappy in a locker room where, you know, Jalen hurts, you know, it's kind of divided the locker room and you, you don't want that. I mean, Miami's a team that, you know, is an up and coming team in the AFC. So I don't, you know, I think you want a good solid locker room. I mean, I know they're probably not quite at the level of the chiefs and the bills and, you know, uh, maybe another team or two, but I mean, they're yeah. getting there, you know, they're getting there and you don't want any poison in the locker room. What do you think? What little role play here? I'm Howie Roseman. Uh, you're Chris Greer. I call you up. Hey, Chris, what's up? Howie here. Um, what can we offer you to take Xavier and Howard off of your hands? What, 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 what would it take? Here's what I would tell you. Uh, the Jaguars got two ones, and I believe it was a third or a fourth. I think it was two ones and a fourth for Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Howard is every bit the player. that I'm, I'm talking as, as Chris Greer right now. Xavier yeah. uh, Howard is every bit the player that Jalen Ramsey is. He's a little bit older, so I'll soften the blow for you. You're going to give me, at the very least, a first and a third. Interesting. Would you take your first-round pick back that we got from you in the pre-draft deal we made? By itself, but if you throw in the third, I, I think I think that's I, I think that's something to consider. Okay, interesting. Um, the knee injuries are an issue. Um, okay. You know, I, I I could see giving up a first. Would, would you settle for a second and two thirds? I mean, here we're just quibbling, I guess. You no, know, no, correct. Um, Again, this also depends on – the problem is I'm not privy to what kind of conversations yeah. we've had with, with, with the agent. If it's been completely acrimonious um, and, I, and I see no way that this is going to be resolved amicably, maybe I consider, yeah, two, two seconds, something to that effect, mm. if they've been okay. Or, may, or maybe there's like some sort of gentleman's agreement. Let, let, let X have another year like he had last year. We'll, we'll revisit this. After the season, which I think would make sense from the Dolphins' standpoint, is that something that Howard and his agent would be agreeable to? Not sure. Yeah, so. especially when you factor in the injury history. I mean, you know, that could torpedo that right yeah, out of the right. water. Um, yeah, because you know, he's just two years removed from, from basically missing three quarters of the season. Right, right, exactly. Um, and another issue with the Eagles, as far as they go, is the salary cap situation. You know, they're not exactly, you know, flush with money. Uh, I think they're, I looked earlier today, about $4 million under the cap. They could get $8.5 million more if they were to do something with Zach Ertz. And the Dolphins certainly don't need, I wouldn't think, a tight end to factor into any sort of a trade, not with Mike Gesicki, um, an emerging star there out of Penn State. Um, no, they have so, too many tight ends, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I couldn't see Ertz. I mean, he's kind of the chip that Howie has to play with as far as a trade goes, but it wouldn't work in the Miami case. Um, but, you know, listen, uh, that trade you referenced in 2016, getting rid of Kiko Alonso and, and Byron Maxwell, 
as a springboard to move up to number two. I mean, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. I know I didn't. I don't know if you did, Alan, down there, um, if you were hearing any buzz on that. But that certainly came like a lightning bolt. So who, who knows if, you know, maybe that could happen. And then the Eagles figure out a way to get more money under the cap. They still have to sign Landon Dickerson, their second round pick out of Bama. Um, and then they have uh, they could redo contracts with Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson. I mean, there's ways for them to find the money. Um, I guess it probably would for them just come down to a matter of what it would cost to to get him in terms of draft capital. And um, it, it's interesting that they hold that Miami pick from getting it in the pre-draft deal. I mean, that's kind of an interesting little sidelight to this whole possibility. Yeah, no, no question. And it's one of those that, and then I mentioned like not being privy to the conversations that, that have been going on between the agent and the team. I, I would, and again, maybe I'm off base here, but I would think if the discussions had been amicable up to this point, that maybe as a show of good faith, Howard shows up at minicamp. I mean, it's not like they're going, they were necessarily going out full blast, right. high speed practices. The fact that he wasn't there, and no, leads me to believe that, yeah, that this is a situation that may not have a, a positive resolution in terms of Howard being on the team. And the thing is, if you look at how the Dolphins play their defense, a lot of it is predicated on having shut down guys in the back. And I know Byron Jones has taken some flack for the year he had last year. Well, I'm here to tell you the guy actually was really, really good. He made two bad plays that resulted in, in touchdowns of like 75 and 80 yards, one of, one of which – I would argue was an offensive pass interference by former Eagle Nelson Aguilar in that Saturday night game in Vegas. And then another one was he took a bad angle on a short wide receiver screen and they wound up being a long touchdown. Outside of that, the guy was, he was really, really good. And then you had Howard on the other side and that allowed the Dolphins to do a whole lot of funky things in terms of with their pressure packages. Well, if you don't have Howard, Right now, you look at their depth chart, the most likely guy to step into his role is Igbenogany, who last year got thrown into action early on because Jones missed a couple of games with a leg injury, and he got exposed. Mm. Now, he's a guy who had a really high ceiling, and a lot of scouts really loved him coming out of Auburn, except that they all knew it was going to take some time. Well, is he ready to take that step if Howard's gone now? That's a big question. And then the flip side, again, is how firmly is Howard going to stand his ground? Does he report, and if the Dolphins don't want to trade him, does he report and act in such a way that basically gives the Dolphins no choice because he becomes kind of destructive without, you know, overtly like defying rules and things like that. So it's a really, really tricky situation. Um, and the only reason it hasn't blown up more down here, I think, is because everybody's so focused on Tuatango Bayola. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and a lot of people in Philly are focused on Jalen Hurts, but they understand the need for a cornerback, too, behind Darius Slay. And, you know, you mentioned the rookie uh, from last year, Iguanagwe, um, and if he can make that adjustment. It's tough for rookie cornerbacks to kind of hit the ground running in this league, I think. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain do, you know, the two top ten guys from this past spring. But it's very tough. I think even Byron Jones in his first year in Dallas – um, you know, he had some growing pains and, you know, you just have to kind of, as a cornerback, you just have to forget those things and go on to the next play, the next season. Um, and hopefully that's the case uh, in Iguanabe's case uh, or situation, I should say. And I'm not even saying that name right. That's a mouthful right there, is it? 
Huh? I, had to, I had to spend a couple of days practicing is the pronunciation of his name. But the thing with him also is there are certain guys, like you look, you mentioned J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. They're guys who are considered polished coming in. Igbenagani, yeah. on top of the fact that you have to, like, that playing cornerback as a rookie in the NFL is tough, this was a guy who wasn't considered polished. He's a guy who started at Auburn as a wide receiver. Mm. So the learning curve for him was even was in more steep. Yeah. So uh, that makes sense. I think he's going to become a good player. I don't know if it's going to, how quickly it's going to happen. And if he has to be thrown into the fray immediately because of the Howard situation going bad, that's, that could be problematic. Yeah. Well, I, let me just ask, we'll switch topics or, you know, switch gears here. You mentioned the former Eagle receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Is Matt Hollins uh, still on the Dolphins roster? Another Eagle player. Uh, is he still on the roster? How's he doing? He is on the Eagle on the Dolphins roster. Um, he is in a major battle right now. I will tell you this: he, he made his mark here on special teams, yeah. uh, and they kept him last year. And I think it might have been, as I recall, a little bit of a surprise that he made the fifty-three man roster. And then you see him; he's a gunner on special teams, plays really got some shots at wide receiver. Came up with a big catch in that the aforementioned Las Vegas game that set up the game-winning field goal when Fitzpatrick threw the ball with his face mask torn to the side. But the, there's some inconsistency with the hands, uh, and that's going to limit his role on offense. And right now the Dolphins, after drafting with Jalen Waddell, signing Will Fuller as a free agent, they bring back Devontae Parker. Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson are back after opting out last year. Preston Williams is back after missing the second half of last year. So there are a lot of numbers. If he's going to make the team, it's going to be because of special teams. And I'd say he's probably 50-50 to make the team. Mm, interesting. Thanks for that update. Yeah, I know in Philadelphia, that's why he was drafted was for special teams. And then the Eagles had some injury at the receiver spot and kind of thrust him into the spotlight. And he didn't really kind of rise up. Um, he never saw the ball. They never targeted him for a long stretch, despite the injuries they had. Carson Wentz never looked his way. Uh, and then he drew a little heat when he was talking when he was asked in the locker room about does he see himself more as a special teams player or as, or as a receiver? And he said, a special teams player that seemed to be, you know, all his aspirations were was to just kind of be that gunner and make plays on special teams, you know? Um, and that, that didn't go over too well, but nice kid, you know, enjoyed getting to know him in Philadelphia. Uh, so listen, that's going to do it here for us, Alan. I really appreciate the time here on Eagles unfiltered joining us. Um, and I guess maybe we'll do this again once training camp rolls around, or if the Eagles and Dolphins pull off another blockbuster deal. There you go. They already, they already did one. I, I like. I'll tell you this because the the Dolphin trade with the Eagles came right after the Dolphins made that trade. No, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on a second. Yep. I'm getting confused. After they made the trade, yes, after they made the trade with San Francisco, when they got two first round picks and the third to move down from three to twelve, which I love. I was going crazy. What a great trade! And then the Dolphins gave up. One of those first, they got a first round pick to move from six, and I'm like, why? Did they really need to do that? <laughs> no. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't a trade I like nearly as much, or the 2016 trade where I thought Dolphins moving from down from eight to 13 and picking up Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, who actually played a big role in helping the Dolphins make the playoffs in 2016. I thought that was a great trade, also. Yeah, so a great trade like that would work for me. So the Eagles are due to get the better of a deal with Miami. It sounds like, although you mentioned that that trade up or back for Miami and up for the or back for the Eagles and back up for the Dolphins probably favored the Eagles. 
Oh um, no, yeah, that's a great trade for the Eagles. Pick up a, yeah. a extra number one pick, and then what they what they have to give up to the Cowboys to move over from twelve to ten. Was it a third? Uh, yes, it was a third. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and they got so, an extra first round pick next year. That that's a good move. Right, and Devontae Smith. Correct. And we'll see. We'll see. You know, there was all that debate between Smith and Waddle. That's another interesting reason to uh, check in with uh, Alan Pupar's work to see how Jalen Waddle's doing and all the great stuff he writes. Why don't you tell us where they can find your uh, find your work, Alan? Your masterpieces. Thank you. That's better. I like yes. That. <laughs> uh, very simple. It's si.com/nfl/dolphins. Okay. Easy enough. We'll be talking to you again, Alan. Thanks again for joining us. You got it. Thanks, Ed. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.